Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALR PLA's Law Talk Radio. Today is Thursday, November 18th, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. This show is produced by ALR PRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Our primary activities are law firm public relations, marketing, and credentialing. We also offer a wide variety of practice management services to help you with all the back-end business of managing a law firm. Our today's guest is uh, law practice, the, the Law Practice Management School and its founder, myself, Nick Augustine, and I am going to share some of the goals and purpose of this new venture. The decision to found an organized educational program in practice management is rooted in the need for practical instruction that any attorney can immediately learn and apply to their organization. Today I will share some of the features of our program and describe the structure of the Law Practice Management School. We do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we invite your questions either by email, email them directly to nick, N-I-C-K, at A-L-R-P-R-A.com with Law Talk Radio in the subject line, or please call in by dialing area code 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. The telephone number again is area code 917-889-9732 and option 1 to be placed in the queue. By way of announcements, before we begin, we do want to let you know, this is a little bit redundant, but we did announce uh, this Monday, November 13th, that on January 5th, classes do start at the Law Practice Management School. This weekly online law practice management education program covers management, marketing, technology, and finance. So by way of disclaimer, before we begin, we want to remind you that this is a general information program, and the advice shared on the show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests among callers and guests on the show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. And if you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. Uh, before we begin, I would like to say hi to Jim Thompson, who's also on the line. Jim, how are you today? Uh, Nick, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. Um, I, I welcome some of your uh, input and feedback on, on our program and know that there are several things that we've discussed about some of the short program options that uh, I will uh, bring, uh, bring that, tie that back in later. Um, so Jim is here with us today to add uh, his two cents in commentary as he is uh, at many times one of our partners in crime and legal marketing. So moving forward, I want to first give you a brief synopsis of what we're going to discuss today. The first segment I will address what the Law Practice Management School is and why it was founded. Secondly, I will address subject matter and course instruction in segment two. In the third segment, we'll talk about logistics, registration, fees, and scheduling. And in our fourth segment, we will discuss future efforts such as MCLE accreditation, scholarships, and sponsorships. Now, uh, getting moving forward, uh, to just start off with uh, a quick who, what, where, why, when of what is the Law Practice Management School and why it was founded, First of all, economic circumstances and technology are two main factors that have caused an increase in small firm and solo practice over the past 20 years. 
office sharing setups and increased outsource options makes it even easier today to operate a law practice as a solo attorney, and some attorneys are doing this right out of law school. Now, some lawyers and policymakers have been talking about apprenticeships and lobbying for a restriction on newly admitted attorneys. The experience required to be a valuable and effective practitioner does come with time, and we otherwise cannot be taught. Secondly, even more attorneys have recently become suddenly solo and need practice management assistance. Where they used to have this covered by a big firm, now many of these solos and small partnerships are struggling to figure out how the administrative staff at the big firm kept the big ships afloat. Secondly, besides economic and techno technology as circumstances, uh, there is also a concern within the legal community that some lawyers are, again, flying blind out there and are too reliant on the lead of some of their colleagues. Now, I can recall uh, back in my day doing legal work uh, for others with pleading and discovery practice where often a firm, a firm would produce a document and uh, others would like to cannibalize that for their latter use. I've reviewed a set of interrogatories uh, years back that was supposed to be the gold standard, and when I evaluated the request against local and Supreme Court rules, there were several fatal flaws. For some reason, some lawyers don't seem to have enough time or resources to properly research as much as they might like. Not to be an editorial against the uh, quality of the attorney, but more uh, a comment on the constraints that are put upon uh, anyone in a small firm or solo practice setting. Now, uh, secondly, or thirdly, I'd like to say that ALRPRI does spend significant time and effort already engaged in some research and development uh, work with practice management resources, and again, a focus on ethics and professionalism in practice is what our goal is, and we felt that it would be our professional duty to share and instruct on practice management issues and develop an appropriate course material as new information and resources become available, and by uh, opening the doors to a very needed, uh, a very needed set of instruction for many people out there. Jim, what are your comments? Yeah, and I think I think you're entirely right. And I think the other thing that we're finding uh, is that there are so many lawyers, uh, young lawyers coming out of law school, um, that are not able to find uh, employment with a law firm like they used to in the olden days, I guess. Um, and the same thing with, is true with, with some of the lawyers who have been working for firms for three, four, five, six, maybe even as much as ten years that may have worked for a firm but have no idea about what goes into actually managing a firm or um, getting clients uh, to that, that they need to, to stay in business. And I think there is an absolute incredible need for um, uh, the type of service that, that, that you're going to be providing with regard to uh, law office management and uh, getting the clients and things of that nature. I think that's just absolutely totally in, it, it needed. And um, it, it's it's commendable that you're you're starting this up because I think uh, as you and I have discussed that many times, there's just so many young lawyers out there that uh, not only do they not know what they're doing business-wise, they may know what they're doing practice-wise, and they may get themselves in a lot of trouble um, with bar associations or with uh, even their own clients. So um, there is a definite need that, that that is going to be fulfilled here. Well, and certainly one of the things that I uh, will talk about in the billing uh, section, you know, falling under uh, the finance uh, prong of this, there's so much that you learn by way of experience 
just with how to bill a client to manage potential problems after afterwards, things that just aren't taught in law school. And I know that our professional responsibility instructors have historically done a very good job at guiding us through um, troubled ethical waters uh, with uh, representation and things like that, but it's not necessarily the business element of it. Um, you know, whereby just for simple example, I've suggested to people in the past as they've looked for billing assistance that you should always include everything on the bill, uh, and if you want to no charge it, no charge it. And but by putting it on there, you're making a record that it was done. You're you're tying up you know some so, so many loose ends and showing uh, the client that in fact that much time was uh, spent and they've elected at their discretion to not to charge it. I mean that's just something that you learn. Um, you know, over time, or that's something. If you're at a firm that has a policy on that, that's where you learn those things. And by your example of going a solo right out of the box, uh, that's something that may not be inherently commonsensical to some people, so they might not realize that. And uh, you know, apprenticeships is one of the things that I, I've talked about and heard some other people talking about recently, uh, where there is somewhat of a movement. It's not. Uh, I don't know if it's globally known, but uh, the idea that more attorneys, uh, first-year associates, should work more as apprentices uh, for potentially lower uh, initial salary rates, but to be, you know, in a sense, in a mentor relationship, uh, mentor-protege relationship with other experienced attorneys who can take the time and show them, you know, as they're going along. But you know, that's not the case yet. That's not the case now. So we are still operating under the current model that does allow as soon as you are, are sworn in, you are ready to go. So, again, uh, not everyone has access to all these resources, and certainly any of the things that we're instructing on, they could certainly find themselves if they had the time and knew where to look. We're just trying to shortcut it for them uh, and do so at a reasonable rate. Um, Jimmy, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, and one of the things uh, – when you talk about internships, and obviously the medical profession um, has a residency in internships, and uh, the lawyers, um, many lawyers would go to work for the big law firms, and, and hopefully would, would that would give them the, I guess for lack of a better way of explaining it, the internship or the residency that that um, you know lawyers are, are equate to what doctors might get. But what you're seeing today is, quite frankly. Um, uh, you know, a lawyer coming right out of law school or maybe even from a firm that's been in practice two or three years, and they're going out, opening up a law office and saying, okay, uh, I am now a lawyer. Come to me, and I'm going to, you know, do everything that a lawyer is supposed to do, and they have no idea even where the courthouse might be. And and, and the, 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 it's scary from a couple of aspects because, number one, um, their malpractice carriers have got to be, you know, kind of on edge that this this is going on because, uh, and you just kind of brought up the little just a, a little nuance of billing. Um, if you bill somebody and you do something for someone, uh, even if you're going to no charge it, make sure it's in your bill so that somebody doesn't come back later on and accuse you of of not doing something, even though you may have done it, and you said, oh, okay, I'm going to be a nice guy today, and uh, I'm going to do this, and I'm not going to charge him for it, and that could come back to haunt you. And there's so many little pitfalls, or and little, I say little, there's little things that can really, really trip you up that the, these younger lawyers, and when I say younger, I'm not talking specifically age, but probably in terms of, of, of the amount of um, uh, time they spent either 
in, in some type of practice world, just going out of, right straight out of law school. And if you want to really get an analogy, think about what if the medical profession all of a sudden said, well, we've got too many doctors and we don't have hospitals for them to go to and, and do their internships and residencies. So what we're going to do is just let them go out and hang up a shingle after they get out of the four years of medical school and, uh, you know, what kind of havoc would that bring? Uh, so I think you're almost looking at the same thing with the legal profession. And, 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 and what you're kind of proposing here is kind of this stopgap measure because there is nothing out there right now that, that young lawyers or uh, uh, the, the, the lawyers that aren't seasoned, I guess, maybe is a better term, and, and that can be anywhere from, you know, just right out of law school to maybe five years or even beyond, quite frankly. And uh, what you're proposing to do is just an absolutely incredible service, and, and I, I certainly hope that uh, some of these lawyers out there are going to really take advantage of it. Well, I think that there's been uh, a need for it, and it's something that we've been looking at for some time, and uh, we just thought that now, actually, uh, November 27th is, uh, actually, even though we've been in business in different forms since we incorporated, uh, it's been, it'll be one year since incorporation on November 27th. Uh, our anniversary. Um, again, we started off in 2005 as an overflow research and writing company and then added on uh, our recruiting and then the public relations and marketing services in 2008. Uh, so it, it's been some time in the process uh, to work things out and get a, a good platform. And we'll talk a little bit about the webinar platform that really makes it easier. So let's pause quickly for our first uh, sponsor identification, then we'll get back into some content here. Again, anyone who recently is tuning in. You are listening to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity and think of marketing law, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking the like button on the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Our second sponsor of the day is the Lawyer Market. And let me tell you, this is a website that has been one of the best kept secrets for solos and small firms trying to market their practices. You can join the Lawyer Market for free, and this online marketplace will actually send you the name and contact information of consumers who are interested in hiring you. Now, the Lawyer Marketplace offers a win-win solution to its listed attorneys and potential clients searching for their legal services. Please visit thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers for more information. The website again is www.thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers. Now back to our program. And again, we want to remind our listeners out there that we always encourage your questions at area code 917-889-9732. Please press option 1 to be placed in the queue. And again, if you do want to send in a comment, please feel free to email me directly at nick, N-I-C-K, at A-L-R-P-R-A.com. But please do put Law Talk Radio in your subject line. Now moving on to our second uh, set of information, our second segment here today. I want to, for the second segment, talk a little bit about uh, some of the subject matter and course instruction. Now, there are four general course categories we are providing instruction on, and those are marketing, technology, management, and finance. So again, marketing, technology, management, and finance. Uh, I will quickly go through the list of general uh, topics to be covered. First, under marketing, 
We'll address direct marketing, and tr these are more of the traditional campaigns most people are used to with sending direct mailers, postcards, uh, other tangible pieces of uh, marketing collateral. That is something that has a bit fallen by the wayside with the uh, introduction and mass use of electronic marketing. And that is our second uh, category is online and electronic marketing. We'll talk a little bit about newsletters and uh, social network use and really focus on ethics and etiquette while we're uh, addressing these items so that uh, people are not inundating others with unwanted communications or not otherwise running afoul of things that are going to be a backlash to their online marketing efforts. We'll also discuss referral marketing and the absolute benefit of creating yourself and positioning yourself within the community as a trusted professional that other professionals will refer a client to you. So we'll go through some of the tips and tricks with referral marketing. Some of it may be a little redundant to what we have uh, instructed people before on this show, but again, we're seeking to provide a course that has a fully encompassed law practice management um, focus. So why, one of the things I want to <laughs> tell people, and, and this is something that we're working on right now, is putting this together, sort of a picture. I want you to picture a table, a four-legged uh, table, and it's an attorney's desk. And each of these prongs are the legs of the table. So marketing, technology, management, and finance are the four legs of the table. And if they're not balanced and one is longer than the other one, you can imagine that the table is going to be lopsided and all the papers are going to fall off. So that is what we are trying to put together and uh, sort of give you that visual there. So um, within the uh, area of marketing, the, uh, the final item I'd like to discuss is staff composure. Now, this will be everything from your uh, director of first impressions, a.k.a. the person who answers the phone at your office, to your associates attending networking events, uh, to your uh, presence in the community generally. And when you are a professional and people know what you do for a living, that you carry that with you everywhere you go. So uh, some instruction there on, on how to make sure that your staff is mindful of that um, and that you're mindful of that as well. Let's move on next to our second uh, area, which is technology. Technology, we will talk about uh, first docketing and docketing programs. Uh, to make sure that deadlines are not missed. Again, these things are we're, we're going to think about things in our uh, malpractice policies uh, several times. And again, taking a read of your malpractice policy uh, really can uh, show you some um, areas where you should focus. So docketing and not missing dates is an important thing. Uh, secondly, we'll talk about document management, record-keeping management, and different uh, ideas there for uh, protecting yourself in the event you have exposure to liability later that was not intentional. You can back yourself up with your documents. So this is also knowing about pleadings, incoming pleadings, outgoing pleadings, uh, and keeping a, manage, you know, keeping a manageable control on documents, also including scanning and um, using electronic resources as much as possible. Now, well, while also keeping uh, paper backups is also a very important thing to you because if technology fails you, you need to be able to back up your documents uh, on a hard copy. So the, another thing with technology, we'll talk about internal communications uh, as well as external communications, remembering that things going on you know, within an intranet uh, is different from the internet. Uh, as many people use messaging programs in their offices or, or texting each other uh, in the office or email, you know, what is appropriate, what's not, always thinking that anything you can or do may be reproduced later in discovery. So we should always keep mindful of that. Again, with external communication, we'll talk about 
emailing, you know, policies uh, within the firm to handle communications. Uh, finally, in technology, we'll talk about data storage and transfer. This is anything between uh, between uh, your concepts of um, cloud computing to back your files up to, uh, again, emailing attachments, having some policies in mind to control everything there. Let's move on to our third uh, leg of the table, which is management. In management, we're going to address staffing, uh, temporary staffing, permanent staffing, using staffing resource solutions. We'll talk a bit, again, about crisis management, not only external crises uh, and things that can happen, such as a storm or a tree uh, hits your building and you're without power, everything is, is complete chaos, how can you operate in, in complete chaos. We'll talk about crisis management from the internal side, what happens to control uh, control comments. Let's say you have a, a, a partner goes to a holiday party, uh, says something to someone that otherwise wouldn't have been said during day-to-day -day business, uh, and that information is leaked. Now you may have people using social media to share that information inadvertently, all sorts of potential crisis on the internal side that we'll look at. Again, with management, we'll talk about insurance and uh, insurance policies. We'll talk about systems and having systems set up within your office and within your management structure to maintain a level of control and responsibility over things. We'll also talk about collateral professionals, for again, sometimes for referral purposes, but also to outsource, and we'll talk about experts and uh, with some of the good uh, ideas on how to deal with experts as those come up in your cases. Um, fourthly, the fourth leg of the table is finance. We'll talk about fees and retainer agreements. We'll instruct on billing and collection practices. We'll talk about value billing um, and the expectation that many clients have of being able to flat rate certain things. We'll talk about short and long-term budgeting. Uh, this is something that is not, again, not certainly not taught in law school, how to budget for growth and how to grow appropriately. Uh, taking on associates too many at a time uh, when you have big cases can be nice to get the work done, but then what happens when um, that big case goes away and you have more associates than you need? So uh, ways to focus on short-term and long-term budgeting. Also, leveraging your employee assets, uh, how to manage your employees, and again, uh, leverage people working for you uh, to your benefit. So, all right. So that's those are the four uh, areas of instruction, Jim. I know that with a lot of information. Do you like the four legs of the table uh, example? I like that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of smiling <laughs> when you said that uh, if, if the legs of the table were not balanced, all the papers would come off the table, kind of like a lawyer's desk. And um, you know, I don't know about a lot of the lawyers out there, but I never had excessive papers on my desk. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. I've well, one, one, exactly. I've been in one law office, I think, in my life where where it looked like the lawyer wasn't doing anything because uh, every law office I've ever been in, there's there's papers all over the place. So it's just. Um, and I don't know how it is now with, with computers being in use as much as they are, but um, I, I knew that, uh, you know, I just had stacks of papers on my desk. So if I ever had a, a desk or a table with one of the legs that was uneven, I would be in a, a lot of trouble. <laughs> but I do, I do mm -hmm. like the analogy there. And um, and it was kind of interesting as you were as you were going through it because I, I followed you obviously very well on the marketing aspect of it. But when you start getting into the technology and some of the other um, areas that um, you're going to cover, I'm, I'm going to be kind of interested in going there because, as you know, 
um, when I started practicing law, we had, uh, you know, the telegraph method. That was our um, means of communication, not quite, but almost. And it's just amazing what technology has done, and I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to finding out a lot of stuff that I think I know about, but I know very little about. So I'm going to be uh, just as much a learner as, as anyone else. Well, we look forward to sharing some of these with people. And, again, as, as a law practice management agency, we are so busy with research and development and staying on top of practice management issues, it just seems to make the most sense to repurpose that for the benefit of others. And really, as, as someone in the profession who, uh, you know, I don't like the lawyer jokes and I don't like, you know, people and clients saying, well, my lawyer never calls me back, my lawyer did this, my lawyer did that. And I, how many times I've defended my colleagues and tried to explain, well, if you had to deal with the things that most lawyers have to deal with, you'd understand. Um, but, again, uh, you know, a lot of people are turning to other resources and finding ways to shortcut the lawyer who they perceive is going to be difficult to deal with or too expensive or this or that. So, and again, I think that uh, practice management resources really can help all of us get things better in line. And I really feel strongly and passionately that I, it's, it's my way to give back to the profession, and it's how I've chosen to, to move forward and, and do that. So um, it's something that I feel strongly about. So I look forward to sharing this with other people, and it's, it's just a good thing all around. So let's pause quickly for our uh, second sponsor break of the afternoon, and again, it is our, our friend Jim Thompson. He's got a program called Get Clients Now. He's a seasoned attorney and marketing coach, and you should talk to him if you're interested in learning how to do this, Get Clients Now. His program is called, of course, Get Clients Now, and he'll help you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenue through this program that employs so many various time-honored techniques that can help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim has been a recurring guest on our Lawyer's Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. Now to learn more about Jim Thompson and the Midwest Consulting Group, please visit midwestconsultants.net and also check out their testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now. ALRPRI strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting MidwestConsultants.net. And as I said this before, not to be cute, but he's always on the show. I mean, today he's on the, on the show. Um, and you can call in by dialing 917-889-9732 and pressing option 1. Again, always, if you want to send an email, send one directly to me at nick at ALRPRA.com. And please put Law Talk Radio in the subject line. Now, moving back to the show for our third segment here on Lawyer's Toolbox. I'm going to go through our third segment, which will talk about logistics, registration, fees, and scheduling, so how the Law Practice Management School will work. Now, first, in structuring the Law Practice Management School, we did research many of the legal marketing boot camps already offered, uh, and we elicited some feedback from some insiders who felt that some of the boot camp approaches are only effective when you give people something they can plug and play immediately. Now, I, I tend to agree with this because too often uh, boot camp co courses in any uh, area, whether it's law or you know real estate, um, you know, doesn't matter. Uh, boot camp issues sort of give a 30,000 foot overview, and uh, some tend to use more, for lack of a better word, sort of an evangelic style of presentation and there's a lot of hype, and it sounds great to people attending these programs, but 
um, the overly daunting task of implementing all these things on Monday morning when they go back to work, uh, it's very difficult, and I think people end up getting frustrated and end up not doing anything and are thinking of that marketing sergeant or whoever the boot camp person was on their you know, standing on their shoulders saying, you know, do this, do that. And I think it just causes people uh, often, you know, more stress than it's worth and they fail to make the grade. So uh, the boot camp idea may be effective, but when you really boil things down to their simplest elements and can offer some pragmatic turnkey resources that are easy to use, um, it's the thought that more people will do that. So what we are doing, um, you know, we normally this law practice management school will operate uh, as a 12-week program, uh, classes meeting one hour a week, and we'll get to that in a second. But we are uh, talking about, Jim and I were talking about this just yesterday, and, and how to appropriately develop a three-hour condensed uh, lecture that people can use some tips and tools immediately um, in the in the event that, let's say, uh, they just lost a job at a firm, or you know, were coming through the pike line um, in the lay you know with the layoffs, and are looking to get something else started up and have a few clients. I mean, this is just a ideal situation that you have uh, you know clients ready to go, and you've got a law office you can plug in and and hit the ground running. Well, there are that does happen, uh, and it's appropriate to have, a, I suppose, a three-hour condensed lecture series um, that we will boil our, our four legs into three hours. So uh, we are going to be developing that and offering that soon. That's uh, something for to look forward to in 2011. Uh, but the, the way this program at the Law Practice Management School will be offered is by, again, a 12-week program, and it's designed so that everyone can participate at their own availability. Course instruction will take place every Wednesday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. with an additional hour of optional question and answer for participants attending the online program through the Law Practice Management webinar portal. So this is a webinar presentation, and the nice thing is that missed courses are not going to be a problem for people, ideally, because they are all recorded uh, as they're broadcast live. So they're saved in a Windows Media Player format, and these missed courses can easily be emailed to participants who may, again, miss an episode from time to time. Um, it was suggested to me, well, what if someone just signs up for the course and doesn't attend any of them and just collects all the um, Windows Media Player formats, well, that's certainly fine. Uh, whether they attend live and participate in the Q&A afterwards or whether they get the information uh, and give it to a staff member to implement, it's, it's fine because we're researching or we're reaching people we're reaching an audience and providing them good content materials they can use. So we're all better for that. Now, moving on, some people uh, may feel that they're not able to attend the full program or otherwise don't want to make a commitment and they're only interested in one of the classes or a lecture where a particular guest instructor is uh, taking part. Well, that individual can certainly pay for instruction on an a la carte basis. However, uh, registration fees are certainly less per session when you register for the full course program. Um, there will be a premium on uh, per, uh, per, uh, per week attendance and uh, that will that's something that people, again, we're encouraging people to call us and ask questions. We'll send them some information. We just want to give an overview today. So uh, again, instruction and content will be provided by ALR, PRA, and resources uh, upon which we rely uh, come from uh, certain groups, the ABA, uh, our Illinois State Bar, the California Bar, New York, other local bar associations. Uh, we're really going to be spending a lot of time 
aggregating and pooling resources, certainly uh, wanting to stay state-specific on some things. However, we realize that our audience base and our client base is a national one, so uh, many of the topics we're going to be discussing are going to be uh, on a general uh, rural basis. Um, additionally, we do have some great relationships with some law practice management industry professionals who will contribute from lectures from time to time. Uh, I just received an email back this morning, actually, from um, someone who I consider to be uh, one of the pioneers in practice management who is interested in participating. Um, so we'll be in communications with that individual and others who are interested in uh, contributing to this program. Now, fees for the introductory courses beginning January 5th will be $500 for the 12-week session, so $500 per quarter, which is due at the beginning of the 12-week course. Uh, registrants may also pay as they go if they would like to do that, and there will be a, a nominal convenience charge for that, but we really stress that we want to make this available to many people and don't want uh, fees to otherwise prevent people from being able to attend. However, with uh, additional resources required, the administrative costs associated, um, we have set uh, what we believe is to be a very appropriate and very fair uh, registration fee for this course. Uh, Jim, your thoughts? Well, you know, you said something uh, earlier, and I think it's, it, it needs to be worth repeating. And in, in, in any of these courses that people take, and it's kind of like, um, you know, one of my friends, Bob Berg, says in, in one of his book called The Success Formula, he talks about knowledge with, uh, without action is the same as having no knowledge at all. <clears throat> and I kind of uh, shorten that up and say knowledge without action is totally useless. And you hit the, the nail on the head when you're talking about um, putting information out, and it's great. And if you don't put it into practice, if you don't use it, you might as well not even attend the course or take notes or do anything. So one of the things that, that I see that, that that we want to really accomplish in this um, uh this school is a, is a hands-on approach that, okay, this is for practicing attorneys. It's not so much theory as it is practical knowledge where you come mm -hmm. in and you get this knowledge on a Wednesday night and on Thursday morning uh, you can be putting it into practice. And, and that's what, what I, I see is, is really going to be one of the main benefits of, of this program, you know, not a, a lecture series where we give you the, the theory on how to do things, but we're going to give you the actual practical tips and the, the things that can be put to use uh, the very next day or even that night if you if you, if you so desire mm -hmm. after after the hour. You can just go back and go onto your computer and start right away. But, but that's the benefit of this type of program. It is designed to, to really be hands-on, get it going, and getting, um, I guess for lack of a better term, getting the participants into action rather than just right, the action right. being thrown the, putting the notes right. in the desk and forgetting about it. Yeah. Well, and you talk about notes and, and uh, you know, post-its is one of the examples, and we'll give, give this as a freebie. One of the things that we're going to talk about in uh, policies for creating internal policies on, on management is, uh, again, on security. How many times have we seen people with uh, a post-it note on their, on their monitor that says username and password? So you can, again, have the most uh, elaborate system of encryption and whatnot, but it's, you know, if the cleaning people come in at night and they see the username and password right in the computer, 
then you're giving them free access. So again, when, one of the things that we'll look at is our, our malpractice policies, and we're going to find someone from ISBA Mutual to come in and talk about uh, different things and what they're looking for. And um, if someone were to, I mean, you can imagine if someone to make a malpractice, have a malpractice claim, and then uh, an insurance auditor, someone wants to come in and uh, take a look at your office on a surprise visit or, or what, I mean, let's just imagine worst case scenario, and you've not complied with your malpractice policy, well, what good, you know, you've just thrown money away, uh, you know, month after month. So, uh, just, again, we're going to be looking at things that are directly, uh, you know, directly applicable, things you can start and do immediately. When it's appropriate, we're going to give them forms, we'll uh, provide instructional materials, um, you know, included with the course. And you know, some people have said, well, aren't you giving away all your intellectual property? Aren't you giving away how you do things to help your clients? Um, and I say no. Um, you know, as far as the public, and I'm talking more about the PR and marketing uh, work, but, uh, you know, we really think of it as that, again, you know, where our values in this organization are the flex flexibility, transparency, and humility, and we always talk about that, um, you know, there's nothing that we do for our clients that they could not do for themselves. I mean, so we're really just the executioners, and I suppose we do have some more direct phone numbers, and we have more, you know, within PR at least, we uh, PR and marketing, we have some, uh, you know, industry inside uh, to that, but that's only, that's something that, you know, any lawyer who wanted to spend their time in developing that skill set, you know, they could certainly do that as well themselves. So, um, are we giving every are we giving up the farm with this uh, law practice management school? Not by the long shot, because again, this is inf it's important information. Um, you know, and again, some of our thoughts on the competitive nature uh, of a lot of things. I think there are enough clients in the world for everyone, um, and it's just so important that attorneys and clients have found a match with each other. And when those matches are made appropriately, and people have shopped around for best lawyer to handle their resource, you know, their need uh, for their legal services and what they're interested in, that that lawyer be able to deliver those services to the person they have, uh, they're developing the know, like, and trust factors, um, but to be able, again, to deliver those services without uh, interruptions through practice management failures. And again, sometimes, I've heard this time and time again, uh, a client saying, I really like this lawyer, I like this person, I get along well, but I can't get a hold of them, my emails are misplaced. Um, again, it's all practice management issues. If you look through some of the uh, ARDC uh, here in Illinois, you look through the ARDC opinions on discipline of attorneys, most often you can trace it back to a practice management problem. So, you know, of course there are people out there who are just stealing money from their clients. Uh, you know, that's a, a more of a, a they should have their license snag problem. That's my editorial on that. But um, it's, again, a lot of practice management problems. And, again, because these things aren't taught, so... Um, you know, these things are taught, I suppose. There's more going on. I will give a lot of the law schools credit. I was talking to some uh, professors recently who teach professional responsibility, and there is more of this going on in the law schools, So, and, and that's a good thing. Um, but, again, we want to give pragmatic instruction from people in practice and who, who have known these things and uh, uh, tried and true. So that is uh, a good thing. Right, Jim? I think that's absolutely true, and I think just the sharing, uh, you know, and I think quite frankly, I know when I was practicing and when I was starting out, um, when you were talking, you'd go talk to another lawyer to, to mentor you. Uh, there never seemed to be any lack of the fat or any uh, holding back that they wouldn't share. 
I guess, what they do or their secrets. And I think sometimes sharing what we do uh, helps us in the long run, too, because we have to, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, practice or sharpen our game when we're going to present things to folks. So uh, it is not really, uh, I don't look upon it as, um, you know, giving away the store, if you will, because if you start giving stuff away, uh, hopefully uh, the more you give away, the more they're going to come back to you and want more. So I don't I don't see that at all as just giving away anything. I think it's, it's very beneficial. Um, and it's, you know, the old theory, uh, the more you give, the more you get in return. So I think that's that goes a long way. Exactly. Let's pause quickly for our final uh, sponsor break. And I, I just always uh, remark how quickly these hours do fly by. Um, and another thing that we're going to be doing during these breaks between the the third and the final uh, segments is offering up some law practice management resources. Uh, and I'd like to do that right now. Number one, the ABA has great books, and you can go to www.ababooks.org. Um, some of the uh, titles uh, this week that we're talking about is, number one, The Legal Career Guide. Another is How to Start and Build a Law Practice. This is the well-known Jay Funberg book. Uh, third, Non-Legal Careers for Lawyers. Now, again, ABA Books and ABA Publishing have a long list of titles on all sorts of uh, resources that we might otherwise not realize are there, and it's certainly worth checking out ababooks.org and looking at some of the great titles. A lot of work goes into the publishing and dissemination of uh, resources there to help people, so we wanted you to point, point you to that. Another uh, is the Attorneys in Transition column, and that is the column that I write for weekly, and that's published by a law bulletin publishing company. The whole idea of the Attorneys in Transition project and that uh, sort of publication is to offer resources uh, from several contributors, including their, their Lunch and Learn series, their Brown Bag series, where um, people who can talk from their experience in the field of what people can do when they're in a transition period. And again, that is not necessarily directed t only towards people coming right out of law school, but it's also for lateral transfers or people who were solo and are going back into a firm, all sorts of things to think about. So it's a very wide uh, variety of topics for anyone in transition. And again, it's still a very broad thing, and many of us find ourselves in transition at many points in our careers. So again, you can Google uh, Attorneys in Transition, and it's attorneysintransition.com. Again, that's offered through the Law Bulletin Publishing Company. And finally, a third, we're talking about it today, the Law Practice Management School offered by ALRPRA. Now, our final sponsor of the day is credit damage expert George Finder. He is an expert who can put a dollar amount on credit damages. George Finder is one of the only credit damage experts in the country. There are a few, but he is one of the few. And attorneys and plaintiffs who have retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas, such as personal injury, employment law, family, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into your intake process, you and your staff will learn to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining credit damage expert George Finder's services. Now, right now, any of our listeners who contact George Finder and tell them that they heard about him on Law Talk Radio will receive, free of charge, one hour of COE presentation. So, grab a pen and take down this email address to respond to this offer. 
it is. Credit Damage Associates at GMX.com. That's plural. Credit Damage Associates at GMX.com. Now, available nationwide, credit damage expert George Finder's website is full of resources, including a video explaining what his services are and how it works. Please visit CreditDamageExpert.com to learn more about George Finder today. Again, reminder to our listeners, you can call in at any time with a question to area code 917-889-9732 and plus option 1 to be placed in the queue. Now, for our final uh, segment here, I wanted to go through some of the future uh, outlooks and future things that we're going to be looking at uh, with the Law Practice Management School, some efforts including CLE accreditation, scholarships, and sponsorships. All right, here's my – okay. Number one, the Law Practice Management School will apply for continuing legal education. Uh, the accreditation in several states, we're going to first focus on Illinois, California, New York, and uh, District of Columbia. This is going to be a long and arduous process, and we're committed to the organic growth of this program by slowly adding states and going through MCLE accreditation. Um, that will be an, in, an interesting uh, process. Uh, it's something that we've looked at for some time now and have been waiting to develop uh, the right program or avenue to do this, so we're excited about that. Um, at this time, there is no accreditation to the program. This is purely pragmatic information for people to use. There's not a, a special degree conferred on anyone. Um, it's not something that you, I mean, I suppose you could put that on a resume if you wanted, but that's really not our uh, goal is to brand yourself by, you know, having attended the Law Practice Management School. Again, it's more uh, practical resources for practitioners. Uh, second thing, we're going to consider grant money and funding to continue building this program, and uh, we'd like to consider grant money and funding to the extent that the conditions upon the receipt of any of those funds do not adversely impact or otherwise alter the freedom to give pragmatic instruction with liberal access and without significantly increasing registration fees. So again, it's something that we've looked at in the past. Um, this company actually has grown without borrowing dollar one, and we'd like to continue to grow organically through the support of uh, people in our network and those who've referred um, in cases and work over to us. We, that seems to have been working well and it, it matches up with our uh, mission and values. So we are going to continue with our values moving forward and we'll take a look at grant money and funding, um, but you know, we're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize uh, the stability that we've used to grow thus far. So uh, thirdly, scholarships are certainly a goal for applicants who need pragmatic course instruction but lack funds to otherwise pay registration fees. So uh, we're going to look into fundraising events and other ways to earn and raise some money to help uh, scholarship uh, efforts and uh, accepting donations. I'm really not sure how that will work yet, but it's something that we have on our radar. Fourth, Sponsorships, again, are another way that the Law Practice Management School can increase visibility through supporting appropriate events and following uh, that, that fall in line, again, with the values and missions of the company. Again, the ALRPRA core values are honesty, transparency, and flexibility, and those are also adopted and merged into the Law Practice Management School. At ALRPRA, we've noticed that since the opening of our agency doors, again, coming up on a year ago, that strict adherence to this set of values, ethics, and professionalism have helped in earning the trust and support. Again, trust and support, very important, of uh, you know, several colleagues and organizations who uh, are backing us um, 
again with the support of what we're doing because many recognize again um you know not trying to toot our horn here so that we're the only people who have thought about this but um that was again the opportunity to establish a law practice management agency where this is all that we do so um, what we do, we want to teach and help others. So, again, those are some of the future efforts that we're going to look at. Again, uh, CLE accreditation, uh, scholarships, sponsorships, and any way we can uh, really increase outreach and, and share this with, with other people who desperately need it. And, again, the more people who learn and have better practice management skills, the better they're able to deliver legal services to their clients who are paying good money and value uh, to have great service. And it just is such a shame to have really intelligent attorneys um, looked down upon because of a practice management failure. Because, again, many people want to practice law. They went to law school to practice law. They didn't go to law school to uh, run a business. They didn't go to law school so they could run around and deal with um, a lot of, you know, their malpractice policy and look at whether people have post-its on their monitors. But again, these are if you are running a business, um, and small law firms are certainly a business, and it's just important information that we want to get into the hands of people. And again, if they just give it to their staff and say, please implement these, that's better than, it's, that's better than that. So uh, again, uh, some of this I think has been a little bit repetitive, but we wanted to um, you know, bring in some recurring themes, again, for the benefit of those who might be just uh, uh, listening or joining us later in the program. Again, you can always go back and listen to these programs anytime you want because they are uh, permanently recorded on the uh, permalink with the webcast uh, blog talk radio platform and certainly where we use social network to Exp, uh, to share these programs with you, uh, we certainly appreciate your opportunity to click share and share these with other people you might uh, find or other people you believe might find this uh, information so useful. So, Jim, what are, you, what are your thoughts on uh, some of our future endeavors? I know some of them sound like they're going to be uh, you know, some tough battles and uh, big hills to climb, but I think many of them are quite doable. Yeah, I think, and, and quite frankly, I think that, and I'll reiterate, you know, you may, we may find that we're going to cross over or some areas are going to be repetitive, but, you know, I've always been of the opinion that sometimes I don't get things the first go around, and when I hear it the second or third time, it may mm -hmm. click. So um, if we're being repetitive, um, then, well, hopefully by being repetitive, we may get through to someone and all of a sudden, you know, you see, sees the light and says, oh, yeah, maybe I should be doing this to get referrals or maybe I should be doing this as far as networking or, or something of that nature. So I, I, I see this as just an absolute incredible opportunity for for the younger lawyers and, and, the, and, and you know, even sometimes, quite frankly, seasoned lawyers because we um, – I say we, and I know this from, from when I was practicing, you know, you get into the habit of doing things and you don't really take a look at other things that may be being done in a different way or uh, something that may help folks to uh, lower your cost of providing services or, or just the technology that's coming in. I know if I were still practicing, I probably would have, you know, I've gone crazy with all the technology that hits so fast. But, you know, mm -hmm. we're out there and uh, lawyers are out there. And, um, you know, it's just like with doctors and, 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 and dentists, you know, they go back and they go back for CLE. And 
uh, lawyers go back for CLEs for the substantive and the, the procedural type stuff, but you don't see very many courses where they talk about this is what you should do to run your office to make it more efficient, to make it so that lawyers don't seem like they're charging exorbitant fees, uh, things of mm-hmm. that nature. And, and I just think this is just going to be an absolute, um, really so much needed uh, resource for some of these lawyers out there. And the other thing I'd like to just, you mentioned some of the books, and, and you know I mentioned books as we talk. But one book I'd, I'd really like to mention again is Michael Gerber wrote a book oh, 20 years ago now at least called The E-Myth. And recently he's coming out, he's, he has come out with a book uh, entitled The E-Myth Attorney. And it is an absolute, incredibly great book that every attorney uh, should have and read. And if you are like some attorneys, and, and this is kind of where I, where I was as far as reading, it seemed like I did so much reading when I was practicing law with briefs and case law and things of that nature. I never got a chance to read other books. You can get it on a CD set. I think there's six CDs, and you can listen to it in your automobile while you're driving all around um, as we do, but it is it is worth its weight in gold. I think it's twenty bucks or something of that nature. I guarantee if you get it, it will it will bring you back tenfold twenty dollars within probably the first month of your practice. It's just incredibly uh, such right on information, and I, I would highly recommend that. Well, when one another thing that um, I just wanted to bring up when you were talking about you know, getting so used to um, your groove, I suppose, for lack of a better word, in practice and how you do things and you develop your routine. One of the things that I often fail to share uh, with people and fail to even share with myself or remind myself is that in the, in the five years since I started a, a business working with uh, solo practitioners and small firms, uh, having been there to assist on certain projects, whether it be a PR or a marketing project, or whether it was, um, you know, hey Nick, we're going to send you this file. We need help on a, you know, this appeal. Do you mind write, you know, write this appeal? You know, regardless of what it was, I ended up being privy to so many different people's offices and so many different styles of billing, so many different. I mean, you know, you start seeing things that. Um, you know, from firm to firm and from practice to practice that um, some things that seem like everyone does uh, certain activities, but then you'll have some offices and they have a, a policy or procedure or uh, some sort of billing format or something that they do, uh, some system that's just remarkable. And oftentimes I find that I, when I ask, you know, where did you learn that, they brought it from a different industry. Um, and a lot of the people who have, uh, you know, worked at some other corporate job before going to law school um, have adopted some of their things from uh, their former business world into their law practice. So uh, it's really the, the accumulation of so many years of being exposed to all this that um, I've sort of developed a sense of what works and what's smart and, um, you know, what is just, you know, repetitive of everyone doing. You know, there are some things that are just so repetitive that everyone does that they and they don't always make the most sense, but, again, it's um, – it's just the uh, collective, um, you know, bandwagon experience where, uh, you know, everyone's done it this way for so long. Well, that doesn't mean that it's the best way. So just wanted to throw that in. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you, you made up an interesting point, and especially from your standpoint, going around doing a lot of different things or seeing a lot of different uh, things that are done well and things that you can look at and go, well, you know, I want to let somebody know never to do something like that. So uh, that's, a, mm-hmm. that's a huge benefit. And also where, you know, the lawyers, I've, I've come across, to, quite frankly, probably in the last three or four or five months, uh, lawyers who are now in practice who have come out of some other business field. They may have, um, you know, been in even, I've, I've come across a couple folks who were in sales and then they were working for larger companies and they learned how to, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, systemize certain things. And they've taken those systems uh, and either used them in their entirety or refire or, or uh, ref- Made made them uh, refocus them. I guess is is, is a word to um, make them work for them. So uh, refine them, and, and and that's what I guess I was trying to say. But I think you know that this type of course is just just so badly needed. There's nothing like that in in any law school that I know of that, that teaches uh, actual practice management. Um, and of course, the most important thing from practice management is when you hang out that shingle, you don't really need practice management unless you know how to go out and market yourself and get the clients you need to to keep your practice going. So, right, right, because you don't have a practice if you don't first do the marketing and get the clients. So, um, all right, well, Jim, thank you so much for uh, your time and being on the show today and sharing some of your thoughts on on our new venture. I appreciate that. Well, I look forward to uh, the. the I almost said the venture, but I want to say the adventure uh, starting up. Exactly, exactly. I'd also like to thank our listeners out there for always turning into the Lawyer's Toolbox on Thursdays. And thank you also to ALRPRA sponsors for these Law Talk Radio programs. We had number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Secondly, the Lawyer Market. Third, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And finally, credit damage expert George Finder. Please, again, tune in next uh, week to the Consumers Consumers Law Journal. I don't have – from the top of my head, I don't remember who the guest is. I apologize for that. Um, but we'll have a great show for you as we always spend so much time working on these and preparing them for you. We hope you appreciate them. And again, we always appreciate your opportunity to share them with other people because, again, that is how we do promote these shows using uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and other social network platforms, including direct mail marketing, to uh, share these uh, pearls of wisdom from, uh, you know, certainly uh, not only me, but from all of our wonderful guests who have participated in the show since we originally launched January 1st of 2010. Again, these Law Talk radio broadcasts are programmed to bring our attorney and non-attorney audiences the tips, tools, and practice area information they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With guests and, lo- guests and listeners located nationwide, we again appreciate the opportunity to use the socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine for ALRPRA Incorporated. And as always, we thank you for your time.